Hi, and welcome to Scream, a Scandinavian true crime podcast. For any photos or other bits of information from this episode or any other, you can head over to our social media accounts at ScreamPod, spelled S-K-R-I-M-P-O-D. Hello, welcome back. Hello, it's been a while. Been many months. It's been longer than I thought it had been. Yeah, that's my fault. I'm sorry. No, I'm going to blame the world. Well, I mean, sure. And maybe summer, like a tiny bit. Oh, for sure. Like we were gonna take a break. Um, it just turns out sometimes time passes and um, that really gets away from you. It's crazy how that happens. It's really weird, huh? How you just don't get used to that <laughs> after 20 some years. Well, it's September 2020. We made it. COVID is still a thing. Mm-hmm. The world is still literally on fire. Feels good. Oh, God. Are you excited for November? Yes. And also, no. I am excited about it getting colder. I'm excited about it being spooky season once more. I'm not excited about how I just feel like stuff's going to get worse. (laughs) There's a sense of like impending doom (laughs) that I just haven't been able to shake. And I just feel like it's going to come to a head in November. And I don't know why I feel that way. And I hate it. Probably because it's the election. Oh god, that could be it. That's why I asked, because I am scared. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think no matter what happens... We're fucked? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, like, even if Trump is voted out, I don't think he's gonna just leave. Oh, no. Of course not. So, that's scary. Yes, um, especially when we live in a world, uh, which we do, believe it or not, live in a world, uh, where... (laughs) the Nobel Peace Prize Committee decides to nominate Trump for it. Was that the whole committee, though? I thought it was just one guy. Well, for sure. But he's one of, like, what, 300 nominees? That's not enough people for that to be justified. If they nominated the world, sure. If it was, like, when we were all on the cover of Time, sure. But this is, no, someone saw Trump, thought about his presidency, and was like, yeah, you know what? Done a lot to promote peace. Truly, just it's not it's not like America is closer to a civil war than they have been since the actual civil war. It's not like that's happening. So And I don't think you can give that prize to someone who can't even string a sentence together. Also, we would have to invite him to Norway. I don't want him here. But again, there's a sense of impending doom that it's gonna get worse. Um, because what if what if this is just the beginning? <laughs> I am kind of excited for 2020 to end though. Mm -hmm. maybe 2021 is a good year i said that last year (laughs) i was so ready for 2020 to be the shit for me is this what adulthood is like that we're just gonna be like oh you know what next year things are gonna shake shape up we're gonna be happier everything's gonna be on like a better track and then the year rolls around and you're like oh it's the, the same bullshit huh i think to some extent yes but also This doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. So what are you going to share with us today? Today I want to tell you all about a man called Eugene Obiora. Oh. And how he was murdered by the Norwegian police. So I chose this case because obviously it's very relevant to the current climate. Very topical. Mm Mm-hmm. And kind of in the same vein as this is the death of Benjamin Hermansen, whose murder was the result of a hate crime. Mm. And we covered that in episode 14. 
So if you haven't already listened to that, you probably should. It's a truly horrifying case. It's one of those cases that I still think about a lot. Oh, for sure. So have you heard about the case that I'm covering today? I don't think that I have. I hadn't either until I went to the um, Black Lives Matter protest in Oslo, Mm. which is honestly quite horrifying that I didn't know about this before. Yeah. Because it's bad. It really speaks volumes. So I want to start the episode off by telling you a little about Eugene so that we can get a sense of who he was before we move on to the murder and the aftermath. Mm. Now, as with many other cases that we've covered on this podcast, there is frustratingly little information about the victim available. And I think it's such a shame because these people deserve to be remembered as real human beings and not just victims of terrible crimes. But what I can tell you is that Eugene was born on the 25th of February 1958 in Nigeria. He was the oldest of 10, and sometime in the 80s, the Obiora family immigrated to Norway. Eugene lived here for 20 years, and at some point during that time became a naturalized citizen of Norway. He studied at NTNU, the Norwegian University of Science and Technology, although I couldn't figure out what subject he studied. Mm, Something clever. (laughs) That was never my top choice for studies because I would not have gotten in there, so. Me neither. (laughs) While doing my research and trying to find out what he studied, I stumbled across a public statement released by selected NTNU faculty members in solidarity with the BLM movement. And I wanted to read out a little paragraph from it to just set the scene and just remind everyone of, like, the context. Hmm. Daily, black people and people of color are being racially profiled by police here in Norway. Racism has deep roots in the history of this country, from the colonization of Sami to the Danish-Norwegian colonization of Ghana, the Virgin Islands, the Danish-Norwegian Union's substantial involvement in slave trade, all the way to today's white nationalist policies. And I think that this is a very important thing for us all to remember, that the fight against racism needs to take place everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every country is culpable and we need to learn about it and also stand united to fight against it. Absolutely. And that does seem to be a very prominent belief amongst especially older people that I talk to that, oh, but we don't have a problem with racism in Norway, which is fucking insane to me. Of course we do. We have a massive problem with it just that you choose to look away. Exactly. So the events of this case started on September the 7th, 2006. Eugene was 48 years old and had gone to his local social services office, Espion Service Contour, in Trondheim. His intention was to complain about being denied welfare and, I guess, appeal to their better nature because on that day, his son turned 12 and he wanted money for a birthday present and the ability to stock an empty fridge. According to the people who worked in the office, he was insistent and wouldn't really take no for an answer, so they decided to contact a security company to come and escort Eugene off the premises. For some reason, the police showed up instead, and within 30 minutes, Eugene was dead. There are several versions of events, and I think we can all agree 
that the police's version needs to be taken with a whole heap of salt. Oh my god. With that being said, though, let's start with what the eyewitnesses inside the office had experienced. They said that Eugene was being stubborn and would not leave when asked to do so, but did not behave in an intimidating or aggressive manner, which is why the security company was called and not the police. The situation wasn't dangerous, they just needed a little assistance. When the police showed up, the woman who was talking to Eugene left for a while, and when she came back, she was so surprised that the police were manhandling him because he'd been calm only moments before when she had left them on their own. Eugene was put in a chokehold once inside the office building and also once outside. Once they were out on the streets, witnesses heard Eugene yelling, someone help me and please don't kill me in English as he was placed on the ground in handcuffs. One of these witnesses was Ghulam Ali and he told Dogla that his partner called him as he was standing there and he told her on the phone, that he was essentially watching the police kill a man right in front of his eyes, and that in the end he had to turn around because the scene just made him feel sick to his stomach. Jesus Christ. So this is what witnesses both inside the office and outside reported. And as you can imagine, what the police reported was vastly different. What do you mean? I can't imagine that at all. Well, before I tell you exactly what they said happened, I feel like I have to tell you that the four police officers involved were not separated after this incident, Uh or murder, I guess we should call it, and their incident report wasn't signed until a whole two months after Eugene's death. Two months? Yes, two months. Oh god. According to the police report, Eugene had threatened the staff in the social services office, he was taking photos of them and refused to leave when he was asked to do so. When police showed up, Eugene still refused to leave the office and also resisted arrest. Eugene lost consciousness after he was placed in a stranglehold by one of the arresting officers. He was then transported to the local hospital by the police, but was pronounced dead despite resuscitation attempts. Almost a year after Eugene's death, On the 13th of September 2007, the four officers publicized their version of events for the first time anonymously in Adresavisten. They claim that they couldn't have done anything more to avoid how things unfolded. So according to them, when they arrived at the office, they repeatedly tried to calm Eugene down. They claimed that he could have just left with no consequences if he'd only calmed down and followed their orders. At least 20 minutes passed from when the police arrived at the scene to when they physically escorted him off the premises. When the officers took a hold of his arms to guide him outside, he allegedly resisted. This led to a scuffle, and the two officers who initiated the arrest, aka the first officers on the scene, deny that they could have used batons or pepper spray to neutralize Eugene. One of these officers elaborated, quote, There are many reasons why I didn't use a baton. It's in a holster, and it takes time to get it out and extend it. Secondly, the instructions say you need to hit big muscle groups. Eugene was at this point in a physical altercation with my colleague, and the chances of hitting either of them in the head would have been big. Thirdly, as far as I can see, it's a lot gentler and less dangerous 
to throw yourself around the neck of someone to bring him down than to hit him. And lastly, it would have looked very over the top. More over the top than killing someone? Where the fuck is that logic? Jesus Christ. There are no words. This guy also went on to say that he'd never used his baton on anyone. So... Oh, what a gentle soul. Oh, wow. I think you should get the Peace Prize this year. So instead of using these other methods to subdue Eugene, they tackled him to the ground and put him in handcuffs. And after some time, they noticed Eugene was unresponsive and took him to the hospital. So their version of events is already bad. But here's some more information that will likely make you all even more livid. I can't wait. According to Karafi Saman, a very well-known Norwegian journalist, and statements he gathered from nurses at the hospital, not only had the arrest been violent, the police had not administered first aid on their way to the hospital. God. Additionally, there were some articles which claimed that upon opening the police car, Eugene's legs flopped out as if he'd just been thrown unceremoniously into the back and his legs were shoved out of the way when they closed the door. His face was on the ground between the back and front seats, and he was still handcuffed. Oh my god. I don't... I don't know what to say. I think every podcast has stated this before, but when you're in police custody, you're supposed to be safe. They're supposed to keep you safe, and they continue to not do that all the fucking time. Like, not even when you're in police custody, but they're supposed to keep people safe. It's so obvious that they didn't care. Jesus Christ. According to Aftenposten, the autopsy report conducted by Eva Nordrum and Olaf Haugen concluded that, quote, The chain of events indicate that the deceased, who was most likely in a state of strong emotional upheaval, found himself in a situation that was highly detrimental to his respiration by first having been subjected to a chokehold and then to have been placed on his stomach while handcuffed. Eugene's larynx was also broken. But of course, it would have looked so forceful if he brought the baton out, you know? It's so gentle to choke someone. It's just much, much more gentle. An experiment found that attempts with healthy individuals indicated that being put on your stomach with restraints for three minutes reduces your lung capacity by 40%. Yeah. That's so much. Yes. And that's healthy individuals who... Yeah, are not in distress. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. The attorney general concluded that nothing during the arrest of Eugene could have lawfully allowed police to use tactics which could have endangered Eugene's life. Mm -hmm. However, he argued that there was reasonable doubt whether the officers had sufficient knowledge about the dangers of the methods they chose, such as placing someone in a chokehold or placing an agitated person on their stomach or not. Okay, so... I could see maybe not thinking that putting someone who is restrained on their stomach would decrease their lung capacity to that extent. Mm-hmm. However, I can't, I, I, how, how do you not know what a chokehold does? Hmm? I don't know. It's in the word. And they did this twice. Good Lord. But 
the officers had been taught this method. Of course. And they were taught that it was okay to use it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Like we need to be gentle. So the attorney general therefore argued that the accused officers could not be held criminally liable as they were unaware of the consequences of their use of force. Are you fucking joking? If I want to play a devil's advocate, you know, they've been taught that this method was okay. So they are not entirely responsible for thinking that it's okay, in theory. But I think that common sense should have told them that it wasn't okay. Exactly. You'd think that no matter what someone teaches you, that you know what a chokehold does. Uh-huh. And like that you'd be empathetic, compassionate, maybe think, is this ethical? Hmm. Is this necessary? The answer is pretty much always no. Jesus Christ. And I, okay, so I would argue that they should have been held responsible but that they shouldn't have been the only people held responsible. I would not argue that they should not be held responsible or accountable for their actions. They did kill a man. But this is what we've seen happen in the US too. Yes. Because they're protected. Because it can be argued that they are just following instructions. Oh my god. This is fucking Nuremberg. Oh my god. And in this case... It's not as if the use of chokeholds had never been discussed before mm -hmm. either, which makes it worse. Because this was in, what, 2006? Yes. Oh, my God. Have you heard of the Baidu case? Ba Baidu, Baidu case? From what time? 1999. No, I don't think so. Well, the officer that put Eugene in a chokehold had previously done the same to a... Ghanaian woman in 1999, which naturally sparked a huge debate in Norway. She did not die, but while she was being arrested, he put her in a chokehold. Mm. So therefore, I don't really think that you can claim that you didn't know that putting someone in a chokehold, in the very least, was not known to be dangerous. People know that, should know that. Who doesn't know that? Literally children know that. And also... <laughs> As if this case isn't fucked up enough already, it didn't take long before it became known that the two officers who took part in the arrest had previously been accused of 14 accounts of brutality. 14? Of which the one who placed Eugene in a chokehold had been accused of this three times previously. Mm-hmm. Of course. So they knew what they were doing. They knew it was dangerous. They knew it was wrong. Nothing can convince me otherwise. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, Jesus, no. These fuckers had a track record. Okay, just take like a deep breath. It's just, it's gonna get worse. It's, gonna... <laughs> it's still gonna get worse. Mm, I love story time. So the police's conduct was investigated by the Norwegian Bureau for the Investigation of Police Affairs. Because, you know, the police obviously can't be expected to conduct an unbiased internal investigation. Yeah, no duh. And as if this story isn't filled with enough of the worst cliches ever, the investigator had previously worked with the officer who killed Eugene and just months earlier was employed at the same police station that was being investigated. Now, I, I know that Norway is a small country, but good fucking God, 
We're not 10 people. You find someone else. That's called a conflict of interest. Jesus Christ. As I kept learning more and more, I just... I give up. I just... uh, It seems like there are just no good people in the world. And I don't get it. Oh my god. So do you want to guess what the result of the investigation was? No. (laughs) I'm assuming that they found probably unanimously that the police was not at fault. Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay, nice. What would you do? Like, not choke people? (laughs) Come on. So I guess the police aren't interested in taking accountability. No, I mean, because, you know, there's that pesky thing of consequences. And I mean, when you can opt out of those, that's chill. That's real nice. And it just makes things a lot more convenient. And you don't have to, like, learn how to get your baton out quicker. Because you know what they say, all change is bad. I'm so angry. Oh, you and me both. And I'm horrified that I'm not familiar with this case. But, ooh, that's on me, though. Yeah, no, I have no idea either, so... Gotta do better. Abed Raja, the lawyer representing the Obiora family, demanded that the police officers involved be charged with willful homicide, but all attempts to hold them accountable have been dismissed by all the courts at all the levels. Systemic racism isn't a thing in Norway. Uh Uh-huh, isn't it? Isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. There, There were no consequences. They weren't suspended. They didn't even lose their jobs. Like, nothing. No consequences. I mean, come on, they weren't even separated after it happened. You can't break up the band. <laughs> oh god, the worst band ever. They only play Nickelback songs exclusively. Oh god. As you can imagine, this case gained a lot of traction in the media, and it quickly became nationwide news. People accused the police of brutality and racism, rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, There were several protests held immediately after Eugene was killed and in the years following when it became obvious that this would have no consequences for basically anyone other than Eugene and his family. Things have just gone from bad to worse, so let's just continue on that trend. If you are, at this point, um, inclined to give the police station the benefit of the doubt... You might want to wait until you hear something else Qaddafi Zaman reported. No, 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 no. He had arranged an interview at the station after being tipped off by a source that he'd be in for a real surprise if he went there. In one of the common areas, the police had hung up a cartoon depicting Muhammad with strong anti-Muslim sentiments. Super appropriate. In the police station? Yes. Oh, wow. I don't know if it was available to everyone or if it was just the people that worked there, but either way. Either way, man. And also, in the canteen, they'd for some reason thought it would be suitable to hang a picture of the higher-ups at the station in a big pot surrounded by, quote, African cannibals. This picture had been up for years, until just a month before Gaddafi was there when a guest had reacted to it, as you should. And this isn't just speculation either, because they actually found that picture in storage. Yeah, because you got to save it for later, because you're going to want to put that back up. I can't believe that it was up for years, though. Or the sad thing is that I do believe it. Yeah. At this point, it's not surprising. 
Good lord. So following all of this information, naturally, the Sötrönlag police district came under a lot of scrutiny. What why? For tasteful art? What do you mean? An examination conducted by Entenu found that one in ten policemen in the district thought it was okay to call people by the N-word and also a very derogatory word for Pakistani people that I don't really want to say out loud. Mm -hmm. So truly a delightful bunch of cops. And this was post-2006. Yeah. Cool, 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 mm-hmm. cool. Um, no, that's chill. That's cool. Um, I'm assuming a very diverse group of police officers, huh? <laughs> Fuck. As usual, the police force has been, quote, deeply hurt that people have been throwing around the, quote, race card. Oh, yeah, no, I feel bad for them. The officer who put Eugene in a chokehold in an interview with Adesavisen said that he feared the use of the race card would create racism. I'm sorry? I... I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Mm, See, that logic is so flawed that I can't even begin to understand what he meant. No, but literally, where do you begin? Um, (laughs) hmm. I think what his little baby pea brain can't comprehend is that all it would do is shed light on the already very, very much existing racism that he himself was taking part in. Perhaps. No one's ever mentioned this before at the office where I work where we're so nice to people who don't look like us. That's probably it. Because then he would probably argue that, oh no, all this racism, this is this is new. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, also, can we just stop using the phrase race card? Like it's a fun thing to do. Like it gets you points. I hate people so much. <sighs> Isn't this fun for us to record on a Thursday afternoon? I've missed this. I'm rubbing my eyes so hard, I'm worried they will pop. Because this is not even like, not that that would excuse it at all, but this isn't even like a small town in like the middle of bumfuck nowhere. No. Like this is one of the four biggest cities in Norway? Yes. And so I'm assuming also one of the biggest police districts in Norway. I assume so. Oh, God. But it's chill, though, because, like, there is no racism in Norway. It's not like it's a problem, so it's fine. Just don't mention it, and it's shh, shh, So I've been spending some time on TikTok. <laughs> and right after the protests here in Norway, there were obviously a lot of those videos and, like, that kind of stuff on my For You page. Mm-hmm. The comment section was just the worst. Just... People denying that racism was a thing. Um, People screaming about reverse racism. That's another one I hear like a surprising amount from the same people who deny that racism is a thing at all is the whole reverse racism thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. It's 20 fucking 20. Come on. (laughs) Be better. Jesus, it's not that hard. Obviously, no one is perfect. Obviously... People can fuck up and say stupid shit and, like, maybe not be super educated on every topic. But what really gets me is this almost prideful ignorance that I see a lot in, be it, newspaper comment sections, Mm -hmm. which is where my soul goes to die. 
where you're just so pleased with yourself for having these oh my god i hate those oh they're the worst can you imagine caring so little about other people because again it's a point of pride it's truly baffling and like obviously i need to do better too i hadn't heard about this case i need to be more involved and i need to make an effort to learn about these things and to seek out this information and to not have it be a thing that i willfully ignore but I just can't understand it. Me neither. If you want to find out, or if you want to know what the name of the police officer who put Eugene in a chokehold, like if you want to know who that was, you can. That information is out there. However, the police have filed many a lawsuit. So we won't be doing that because we don't want to be sued. But the name is out there. It's the same officer involved in the... Baidu case and for some reason his name was allowed to be published in those news articles I feel like his name should be public knowledge but we will prod you in the right direction we are not in a place where we can afford a lawsuit so Google is for once gonna help you oh I'm so filled with rage (laughs) yeah I know I'm sorry (laughs) no 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 you you didn't do this can we all just Try harder. Please. And just make more of a fucking effort. Everyone can do better. And I mean, I know it's been mentioned time and time again, but I feel like it can't be said enough. In the battle with these fucking racists, just not being racist isn't enough anymore. You have to be anti-racist. You have to actively go against these people. Be it by trying to educate them, as impossible as that might seem, or by just starting a conversation just letting it be known that what they're saying doing is not okay calling them out on their shit hold them accountable not everyone will be willing to listen or learn no and in those cases i don't even know just don't give up if you can make even one person change their tune a little it's worth something you know do you do you have anything you know nice to share (laughs) With the group. Mm. Anything. As we sit here just screaming. Um well, I finally got around to watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Yes. Uh deeply depressing. As I have before, I've been relying on K pop uh for most of my serotonin these days. So mm-hmm. some things do stay the same. Cats and K pop and um copious amounts of coffee. That's what's keeping me going and probably will be for the foreseeable future because I don't see anything else looking good these days. Nope. But at least I have those things. I don't know. What are your, do you have any positives? Any at least not shitty stuff? (laughs) Oh, plants. Oh, plants. Yes. That's another good thing. You're big into monsteras these days. (laughs) I only have two. Yeah. I had lots of things, but now I can't remember any of them. I've been reading a lot more. It's been really nice. But I did want to mention one thing, which isn't fun. Because I have mentioned many times a book series called Harry Potter. And recently, but also all of the time, Mm -hmm. um, she who must not be named (laughs) has just been sprouting a whole lot of hate. She has yet again proven herself to be an ignorant asshole. 
So, if you can avoid supporting her, mm -hmm. please do. Buy books, films, whatever. Buy them secondhand. Borrow them. She really does not deserve any more money because she is hurting so many people and it's really not fair. Visit your local library and uh, don't give her even an inkling of attention. No. No, what a cunt, huh? What a massive cunt. Yep. Ooh. Like I thought it was bad last time and then this time, joy. So please, everyone, take care of yourselves and each other and just don't support people who put so much hate out into the world. Mm-hmm. So to sum up, try to find things that bring you even a little bit of joy, um, but go about it in a smart way and bash fascists. Yes. Yes. Always. Yes. Repeatedly, if need be. Uh, okay, I'm going to go uh, scream into the void. So um, until next time, uh, bye bye. Mm -hmm.